is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning to you if I don't know you. My name is Martin, has been introduced, so it's great to have opportunity to say hello to you and get this opportunity to share God's Word together, something that we would do most Sundays, maybe all Sundays actually, we tend to look at God's Word and look at how that applies to our lives uh, and we have much that we want to share this morning. I particularly want to make welcome and reference to the fact that teenagers, the youth are with us this morning. Uh, we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have uh, enough teams to run our youth work every Sunday morning. So the teenagers, there's some here, isn't there? I know there's a few. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Abby, you're a teenager to me. Um, maybe. Um, and uh, so it's great to have you. I will try to be as animated as possible, okay, and as youthful as possible to... to <laughs> What are you laughing at? Uh, to try and keep you all engaged. Uh, but um, uh, we really appreciate you being with us. You're very much a part of the family. You've obviously got Youth Church tonight, which would be great fun, I'm sure. Now, this morning what I'd like to do is we're going to be following on a series that we've been looking at, looking at the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament. And we've been looking at how the lives of the people of God, many hundreds, thousands of years ago, how in fact their story applies to our story. And how they found themselves in a time of exile and isolation and separation. And how they rediscovered community. How they rediscovered uh, God as a community together. How there was real renewal. And actually what we see today, there was revival in the people of God. Now, often we may think about revival, we think about it as something happening outside, but actually revival is about God bringing us alive, as it were, reviving us, bringing us back into relationship with him. So whatever your journey is, whether you've known God for many years, or maybe even if you're not sure who God is and you're just on those early steps of your journey, well, this is for all of us. It's about us rediscovering who God is, his love for us, his purpose for us, and it's a wonderful story we're going to be looking at today. What I do want to do is I want to go wide, as it were. I want to go wide and then go deep. I want to go broad. I want to look at the expanse of the Bible. And then I want to go right down to the particular book that we're looking at and the particular chapters. But I feel it would be helpful just to set the whole thing into a bit of context. Now, to get us to that place, I'd like to talk about my favourite books if that's okay. Guy, this is the, bit to, the interactive bit for the teenagers, all right? But I appreciate many of you will probably enjoy this bit as much as the rest of it. Okay, so this is the interactive bit. Let me tell you about my, my, my favourite books. My first one... Sorry? Br'er Rabbit. Br'er Rabbit. No, no. <laughs> Any other suggestions? <laughs> my first favourite book is this one. Can you read that? Birds, birds, the birds of Britain and Europe. You know, I realised up until this point I was quite cool, but now I'm not. Maybe I was never cool. Again, I was never cool, right? So this, is, this, is, so this has got different birds, literally. You're thinking, what on earth? Okay. But I grew up and still have a love for bird watching. In fact, Friday, Dawn and I went bird watching to a particular place and we were looking for a short-eared owl. And we saw three of them. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Really close up. Massive wingspan. You know, I could spend all the time on this and not on the Bible, you realise. But, but so I, I love those. Now, as I grew up, there was one bird that was very elusive. Uh, and I, was, I, I knew about it 
particularly because we always used to go on holiday, and often still do, in, to Cornwall. And there's some folks from the west part of the country, I realise, here. And, but Cornwall, it's sort of em, on its emblem, on its shield, is a particular bird called the chuff. Heard of the chuff? It's spelt C-H-O-U-G-H and pronounced chuff, which is it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, that's just the English language is odd at times. Uh, let me show you some photographs of the chuff, just so you know what I'm talking about. Can you see that? It's very, it's very dark. Yes, at night. Yes, it's not. What about the, yes. What about the next one? Is that any better? Oh, it's a little bit better. Okay, okay. So the chuff is a beautiful bird. It, it's, it's part of the, like the crow family. Uh, it's black. It's got beautiful plumage. <laughs> Thank you. And, and it's got a, a reddy-orange beak and, and, as you can see, bright red, uh, reddy-orange legs. It's absolutely stunning. But in Cornwall, they hadn't seen these birds for decades. And so though it was on the emblem of their shield, it was, could never be seen. And I, I remember I used to see it in the book, and I used to if only I could see the chuff. And one day, uh, we actually, the family, Dawn and I, with our younger daughters, we were younger then, probably eight or ten or six or eight, I can't remember exactly. Uh, they've all grown up now. And we went to a part of Wales, which I'd heard in Pembrokeshire, that you could see chuffs. Now, they, they know I love my bird watching, and so when I normally go, go anywhere, the girls and Dawn will be behind, and I suddenly go, oh, stop, over, over there, over there, and they'd all go like this, and they'd look, and Dad's off on one again. But this time, we were actually, we came to this, this brow of a hill, and, and the best way, we, we, we had to crawl down, and, so keep, and, we, and we're crawling on our knees as we're trying to just creep up to this bird, which is just over the brow of the hill, we think. And I trained the girls what to look for, so they knew what a chuff was. And then I'm looking over here, and then suddenly Esther goes, Dad, what's a black bird with an orange beak and red legs? I'm thinking, I trained you in this, Esther, I trained you. And I said, that, that's it, that's it. And so we all turned, and there was this chuff. And there was another one, and there was about four or five of these chuffs. Absolutely Stunning, beautiful bird. In fact, they're back in Cornwall. In 2001, a pair arrived in Cornwall, and they've now um, multiplied. Yes. <laughs> they've had babies. <laughs> One of my favourite books. Another favourite... I, I knew I was going to take too long on this. One of my favourite books is this one. Star Wars. Now, now I've got your attention, maybe some of you. This is actually called Heir to the Empire, this, this one. Because uh, actually you've got the trilogies and you've got things like Mandalorian, if you're into Star Wars and all that sort of things. But there's lots of other books that have been written about in, set in the time and around the Star Wars universe. The interesting about Star Wars is it's about a family. Do you remember? Luke, I am your father. Do you remember that bit? No? <laughs> So am I on my own up here? I just, come on, you all, you know, if you've never watched it, you've heard. If you've not seen that, you've seen Toy Story and Buzz Lightyear. They mimicked the same when Emperor Zorg said, this is for teenagers, Emperor Zorg to Buzz, I am your father. You don't watch the same movies as me, do you? <laughs> You're missing out, I tell you. It's about a family, interesting Star Wars. It's what it's about. It's about a family and a legacy and... And, and, and purposes worked out in a family, which brings me to my favourite book. This one, the Bible, which is, thankfully this has been well used, 
And uh, I've had this, I bought this the week I got saved, actually. And uh, it's a particularly big one because it, it's got a, like a, what they call a study Bible, a commentary alongside, which basically explains what the Bible is trying to communicate, sets it in context, really, really helpful. And I still found this really helpful today. The interesting thing is, although this is a book that describes the story of God, it's also a book that describes the story of a family. In fact, Annie mentioned Abraham and Sarah, uh, which are referenced to, to a couple in the Old Testament, the beginning of the Bible, early on in the Bible, and it talks about when God promised to Abraham and Sarah that, yes, they would have children, they would have a family, but actually from their family would come a people, and from that people would come a Messiah, Jesus. And so that's the story of the Bible, God's purposes God's story worked out through a people. And so when we look at what we will do in a minute, Nehemiah, which is one of the books in the Old Testament, it describes a moment in the story of that family which became a people. And the reason why it's so important for this family to be a people and this people to regroup, which is what we see them doing in the section. We see them returning from exile and, and, and rebuilding the temple first in Ezra. And then in Nehemiah, they put the wall around the temple. It's because they, they've got to regroup this community because God has a plan for this community. In the same way that God is regrouping us. Why? Because God has a plan for this community. There's purposes that God has for you and for me together. And so now we broad Bible story. That's what the Bible's about. It's about a Messiah that's going to come from a a people. And the promise is that that people will be a blessing to all peoples, which is why you and I are in this building today, because that story is being outworked. It's wonderful. And Jesus is the hero throughout the Bible. In fact, he, he appears as a man. God comes as a man in the New Testament. But actually, Jesus makes, you could say, cameo appearances in the Old Testament. There's moments when God comes and appears in the Old Testament. Yeah, and if you're aware of that, I haven't got time to go into that. But Jesus is that hero, that Messiah that's going to come. And so when we look at Nehemiah today, we're looking at that people and how God is regrouping that people in order to see his purposes fulfilled once again. And so we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 8, which is... A wonderful moment when revival breaks out in this people. Dawn, would you be so kind? Did you know, I mean, this is my wife, Dawn. She is the brains behind our relationship. She's the love of my life. She really is. The meaning for my existence. No, okay. <laughs> too much, too much, too much. So she could tell I was, I was dry. Uh, what I'd love to do is read God's word, but I'd love us to read it together. Not because there's difficult names that we need to pronounce, which is one of the reasons I thought of it. But I'd love us just to soak up together what's happening in this, this chapter. Thank you, Dawn. We talked about you when you were out, you know. Did you? It was, it was all good, sweetheart, Honey. This is a moment when Ezra, who's a teacher of the law, he's a preacher and a teacher, 
he makes an appearance. There's a whole book, actually, just before Nehemiah. Uh, and in fact, originally they were one book. Ezra and Nehemiah was one book. Uh, Ezra, the story there is about the rebuilding of the temple. Nehemiah is about the rebuilding of the wall. And suddenly Nehemiah makes an appearance and he brings God's word to the people. And then you see the impact, that revelation moment when God's word brings alive something in the people. And this isn't about words on a page, it's about words on a page that point to a God that loves them and a God who's with them. So I'd love us to read this section together and... uh, Just allow the word of God to inspire us as we read this story. So uh, chapter 8 verse 1 goes like this, together. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So the book of the law was the first five books of what we would call the Bible. So the first five books of the Bible. And notice that the people called Ezra. There was a hunger in the people. There was a a rediscovery of God's word for the people. And they were together as one. I I just love that bit. Okay, verse two, let's keep going. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra The priests brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. This just wasn't the men, just wasn't the women, it was all. I mean, the, the, Nehemiah's writing this because it's significant. That wouldn't have been the normal practice. Teenagers, this is for you. This is for young ones. This is for all God's people. And notice it's a very long message. <laughs> if we won't do that today, you'd be pleased to know. Let's go to verse 5, which unpacks the story further. Oh, you don't have that one. Wow. Okay, you just have to listen. Verse 5. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And he opened it up. The people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen, which means we agree, we agree. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Let's keep going. I'm not sure what verse you've got. Let's go to the next one you've got. Oh, you're having fun, aren't you? Okay, seven and eight. Some words and names for us. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatai, Hodei, Messiah, Keleta, Azara. <laughs> Josephat, Hanan, and Peleah instructed instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. 
Verse 9, then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the Lord. So as they were rereading the words of the Lord, the people were so moved, they began to cry. They were so overwhelmed. This is God's word for us. They say, yeah, they say, amen, amen. You, you understand? This is great drama. This is revival in, in, in happening before our very eyes. And then finally in verse 10 to 12, let's read. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just give us a few points to land with uh, things that maybe we can learn from this passage together. The first thing I would suggest is this. Number one, discover the way that life should be followed. There's a revival happening before our very eyes as we read. There's a, there's a re-understanding, a reconnection with who God is. You see, we could mistakenly think that this section is about falling in love again with the Bible. For some, that may be where we need to land. But actually, this is about falling in love again with God. It's God's word coming alive in us, which some of our, our contributions were, were, were mentioning. We dis- they discover that this is how life should be followed, in relationship with a God who loves them and a God who loves us. David Suchar, uh, I think you pronounce his name, a uh, famous actor, said these words. From somewhere, I got this desire to read the Bible again. That's the most important part of my conversion. In the New Testament, I suddenly discovered the way that life should be followed. Maybe for you today, this is a moment for you to rediscover the truth that's in God's word that says how life should be followed. It's about a love relationship with God. It's about knowing forgiveness, knowing purpose, knowing new beginnings that's found in God, the discovering this, this saviour, this Messiah that was going to come from this people called Jesus, that he was going to bring God's people back into relationship again with our Father in heaven. For others, it might be those who have been disconnected from church life. There's, been, there's a rediscovery we're reading in the community of God. It's just not about building walls. It's about this people rediscovering what it means to be a community together. For some of us, with the the year, two years maybe we've had, this is about a reconnection with God's community. Number one is discovering 
how a life should be followed. Number two, if number one is falling in love with God again, well, I think number two for some is falling in love with God's word again. And going back to God's word. Maybe for some of us it's discovering God's word for the first time, I realise. And, and there's many people that would be happy to help others if you're asking questions about faith. You want to get into, what about this and what about this? Well, this question, and what about this verse? And, and, and how, you, you'd like help in understanding that. We would love to do that. But for others, it's about rediscovering your love of God's word again. I read this week uh, on the uh, weekly Bible Translators uh, website, we support a wonderful couple called Stuart and Joe Johnson who, who work for Wycliffe Bible Translators. And uh, it said, a headline on their webpage, one in five people alive today are still waiting to get the Bible in their language. Wow. Something that's so accessible to us. Some people still don't have it in their own language. It's interesting, when we think back the last year, we lost some things, didn't we? We lost our freedom. We lost the ability to hug people. We didn't see family and friends. And sometimes, there's some lessons I think we can learn from that experience. And I think when we, now we begin to return back to some form of normality, although I realise we're not, this is not the end of the story. We rediscover the things that are of, of the highest value to us. And some people are reordering their lives, which I think is a good thing. So make sure they've got time for family and time for, for things that they, once they didn't have them, it's like, man, well, now we know what's really important in life. But the same can be applied to the Bible. It's so easily accessible, we, we forget how precious this is. And people have died over the years to ensure that, that we and others have copies of the Bible. So maybe there's a falling in love with the Bible again. Thirdly, that we don't give up the chance of being thoroughly, and that's the important word there, thoroughly equipped for life. In the New Testament, in the second half of the Bible, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says this about the whole of the Bible. It says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, that's you and I, the servant of God, may be not slightly equipped, but thoroughly equipped for every good work. This, this book is the answer in the end to every question we've got. And, and, and it's not, there's a temptation, isn't there, to sort of pick and choose. Oh, I like that bit. I'm not so sure about that bit. And this, I've got more questions than you probably on some of these things. But this is our answer, to be thoroughly, completely, wonderfully equipped for every aspect of our life. I'm going to pause there. I'm going to stop there. I'd love us to stand and pray together. One of the things that was an outworking of this moment is the people of God worshipped. They cried, Amen, Amen. We agree, we agree, we believe, we believe. And there was this pouring out of worship. I'd love to just pray, and I'd love us just to sing. Maybe sing the first song again. Is that a... Uh, yeah, okay. That was a good idea. That was the idea, wasn't it? That's what we said. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Nice one, sorry. Thanks, James. Let's pray, shall we? Just pray that this would stir our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your word.
Oh, thank you that this is so accessible to us. Lord, you didn't leave us aimless. Your story of your people and your plan of reconciliation, your plan of forgiveness, your plan of, of, of recovering the relationship between humankind and you from the fall to the restoration of all what was intended. Lord, we thank you that this is communicated in your word. We thank you, God, that this word, this Bible, points to your son. Wherever we read it, the answer is Jesus. Because our faith is anchored on him, on his life, his death, and his resurrection. Lord, forgive us if we have taken your word for granted, the accessibility of it. Lord, I pray you help us to build back into your word, but not as an end in itself, but as an end, the end to be our rebuilding, our reconnecting, and re-falling in love in relationship with you again. Lord, that's what being a Christian's about. It's, it's, not a, it's, sort of, it's not about a book. It's about our relationship with you. But it's about a book, an eternal word that points to you. So God, we, we thank you. We say amen, amen. We, 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 we agree, we agree, God, that this is the answer. And we pray that you would bring a fresh revival amongst us. As we look to rebuild or reboot or whatever we want to call it, most of all, God, we want to reboot, rebuild our relationship with you. That we as a community would be solely, completely in love with you. As we heard that we would say, Jesus is Lord in every circumstance, as Paul shared during our worship. Whether good or difficult is happening, we will be able to say, yeah, but Jesus is Lord. And we bless you, God, and we love you, and we worship you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.